and gentlemen, welcome on back to the X-Wing segment of the Wide World of Wargaming. I am your host, Vincent Morgato. Joining me, as per the usual, Mr. Jeff Wilder. Hello, everybody. And Mr. Drew Bishop. Hello there. So, we uh, are run- we, we admit we have run out of organized topics to cover for the foreseeable future, and we can only hope that either our jank tank games provide sufficient comedy for all of you to laugh at our failure, or that the quarantine lifts and we can all go back to talking about competitive X-Wing. Speaking of jank tank, Jeff, uh, last week we all essentially co-signed your own death warrant as you expected to go out in the first round of your game. However, by the fates, you triumphed. I, I did. I, um, I actually won fairly decisively, and believe me, nobody's more shocked than me. More surprised except, than you. <laughs> except maybe my opponent. Maybe. So what did you play against? So um, what did he have? He had Lando um, in, with Nian in the Falcon. He had a um, he had an M12 Kimahila, the, the the PS the Net Three, I think. Um, oh, so this is Scum. Scum. Yeah, Falcon. he had Scum. scum Lando. Um, he had a Trandoshan Slaver. Um, what else did he have? He had and he had a, a Black Sun Enforcer, so a Star Viper. So he uh-huh. had a two hundred point list that. I mean, pretty good list. Um, he had a lot of big bases. He wasn't used to flying big bases, so he had two large bases and a medium base. And he said he is more of a small base ace player. Um, small base yeah. ace player. Uh, I see what he did there. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, his name is Jonathan V. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to dox him with his last name, but um, a really nice guy. We communicated with, on voice chat to play the game. And um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, to just to remind people, I was playing a 187 point, uh, effectively 187 point first order list with two TIE FOs, a um, TIE Silencer Avenger, and uh, a decent Strident with, or uh, Upsilon with advanced sensors, which... Advanced sensors on an Epsilon is just uh, an amazing upgrade. Just incredible. Wow. Okay, okay. How did the beginning so engagements I... go? So the engagement ended up uh, very much in my favor. Um, so the as we were, we were talking after the game, and uh, actually toward the end of the game, and it's it's really it's really a matter of whether or not Tavson's two to four shots in a game come through or Tavson, not Tavson, but the Epsilon's two to four shots in a game come through in a big way. And um, they did. So like the first two rounds of engagement, I just rolled lava, like just, just, I don't think I missed a, a chance for offense. Um, I got a couple, you know, the first round of engagement. I had all of my ships firing. He he was missing his Star Viper. Um, second round of engagement, I got some key blocks um, because I was moving first. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, oh wow, I just made some unexpected moves that I think that he, you know, the, he didn't really. He didn't really have a lot of uh, of say over what I was doing as far as my blocks go because I was moving first. So uh, got some good blocks in and, and unexpected moves, put a lot of damage on him. So uh, later in the game, the and I just outrolled him. Um, so uh, la- later in the game, he was evening it up a little bit. He had my two FOs down to one hit point each. Uh, but at that point, he was down to... I think he conceded he's still, he was half on the, he still had half on the Star Viper and um, he had the, what did he have? And he had the M12 and that was it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, and I still had all four chips. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that's uh, one thing that I think Jank Tank does do 
is it really pushes the limits of what your of your actual competence because it's like what are you actually good with not what have you practiced a lot what are you good with these are two different things you know what i'm saying yeah i i, yep. I agree with that completely i, I you know i don't I, i'm not faction specific and i'm not play style specific i play literally everything like yeah. i play big ships i play small ships i play aces i play generics I play everything. And one of the things that I noticed was my ships have a knit one, two, three, four. And as weird as it sounds, that actually sort of like activated parts of my brain that made me fly better because I was, mm -hmm. I was constantly being forced to think, well, this moves, then this moves, then this moves, then this moves, and this moves. Which you, when you've got a lot of guys at the same init, you don't that so that part of your brain isn't always turned on, at least for me. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, you know, it was it was really interesting to me. Um, I flew very very well. Uh, to have sent, like I said, I just rolled lava, and when you've got four die attacks and five die attacks coming at you, and they're all ending up hits and crits, it's just nasty. And everything you were shooting at was basically ever, except the cartel was, uh, or the, the 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 butterfly. Everything you were shooting at was one or two evade die. Yeah, yeah. So, which is like they just can't take those kind of hits. Trust me, I fly X wings. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, I played a gentleman from the uh, Tucson Raiders whose name I will not put out there. Like we said, we don't want to dox people. But I finally got to fly Guri for the first time. Yeah. Um, which you guys know, and many listeners will know, I have wanted to test drive uh, Guri for months, if not years. And yeah, she's crazy. It's And you didn't even have advanced sensors, right? I did not. Uh, I went for a little bit different, just because I, um, I, I, I kind of wanted... I wanted to try it without the, you know, the handicap of both the bid and advanced sensors. Where it's just like if I, I'm I'm always gonna be proccing out maneuver, um, so what I did was I took collision detector, so even so instead of you know my earlier moves be my instead of my the start of my turn being more predictable the like my barrel rolls are more predictable you know what I mean yeah right what was this what was this game for this was just a uh, just an extended league it was okay. just a little practice thing um, I was actually gonna ask like, you about that. Uh, I was playing against a guy who brought Luke Leia, uh, Le Luke in an X-Wing, Leia in the shuttle. And I did have the bid because he tried this really interesting thing with Leia where he ran Kanan, Ezra, Maul, and Hate. <laughs> so it was like a 130-point Leia. Huh. Um, but it was, yeah, it was three force with the Millennium, with the Falcon title, and a shield upgrade. Yeah. And unfortunately, he didn't ever get uh, get use out of Ezra because I never put two things in one turret arc. Um, I don't think... I think he overpaid for what he was doing. Um, the fact of the matter is, is the majority of the time what you're paying that many points for, you can get for 22 points in Perceptive Copilot and Bastan. Right. Um, yep, yep. You know, it's a, and I think probably if I had been him, I would have run heightened perception on Leia instead of waiting for her to shoot at I five. And it's not like he doesn't have the force to use it or run sense. Um, you guys know me. I think everybody's a fan of sense. But anyway, the other ship I ran was Dengar, um, which I have loudly and you know decidedly shit on multiple times over the year that we've been doing this, and. You know, oddly enough, if somebody just lets you always keep turning to the left, he's a decently good ship. <laughs> um, yeah. I ran the Punishing One title, Han Solo Gunner, and Proton Torpedoes, and a shield upgrade. No contraband? Uh, I think I did. I just forgot to use it the one time I pulled a red maneuver. I was going to say, did, extra edgy. I, I didn't turn right the entire game. Not once. You didn't do your best Zoolander impression. I'm sad, Vince. Why? I, I, I don't know what that means. Um, what? His blue steel. 
but he but oh. he but he but he always he can never turn he can never turn left so Dengar's like the exact opposite right like I, okay, I I, must have forgot. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Wow. Um, okay, okay. I thought it, I thought it was like I thought there was some kind of one look joke in there because he can only turn one way. Yeah, he can only turn one way. That's it's true. Right. It's true. So I was okay. I kind of got it. I just didn't get it directly. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, Collision Detector Guri is not probably not as competitive as Advanced Sensors Guri, but it's different enough that even if you've played against Guri, you probably don't know everything that I can do. Right. Just because obstacles literally mean nothing to me anymore. Well, twice. Uh, I think the I think it's only when you move over them that you have to spend the charge. Because I can roll over I can roll over things without getting without it mattering with collision detector. But you have to spend the charge, so twice you get to do that. I right? must have misread that. that. I mean, it only happened. But, the I only flew over a rock once on a three straight, but. Are you guys sure? Like, is that the yeah. one? Yeah. No, I, I'm not positive. I, I haven't flown a um, collision detector in forever, but let's find out. So, yeah. illicit collision detector. Uh, or the more the ever more popular collusion detector. Yeah. Yeah, it's, there's two separate statements. While you booster barrel roll, you can move through and overlap obstacles. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. Did you find it? All right. I mean, it's it. I have never used collision detector literally before this Gurry. I think I ran it on an E-wing once, maybe. Um, but after you move through overlap and obstacle, you may spend one charge to ignore its effects until the end of the round. So yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know so why that's you, not just you one can only completely ignore them twice. Yeah. But even without spending a charge, you could boost or barrel roll through them, but you still. You know, if you don't spend the charge, you still suffer the effects. Right. Um, so you can land on them all the time using collision detector. You just suffer the effect if you were to roll on to, say, a uh, debris cloud. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can see why you'd rather run advanced sensors and just avoid the rock. But being able to... Nobody expects you to end your turn on on an obstacle. So I yeah, think, I, I, and I, I think that collision detector is, you know, collision detector is very strong. It's very, it was very strong on extended whisper. It's, yeah. you know, it's like it's the being able to, like you said, being able to do something that that people, even if they can see it coming, because most top players can see it, see it as a possibility. It's still a possibility that that they have to account for. And when you're already looking at a geometric number of possibilities, that's not a trivial thing to add another one. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and then um, whether mentality saving four points, I don't know. Right. The mentality too, with it too, is a lot of, a lot of better players can put themselves in positions where like, you know, this is where I'm going to go and there's nothing you can do about it. Right. So that you can also use that as well if you got that one charge left it's like am i are they going to come in and kill me or you know are they going to do the the velociraptor like come around from the right or the left right yeah so getting used to her barrel rolls was it did not take as long as i thought there was not oddly enough a huge skill curve um it was just i guess because i'm a rebel player and i know what a one bank looks like yeah but um yeah try um I, I think I've mentioned this before, but back in the day when Echo, so what wave was it, uh, Drew? Uh, wave four Three. that was the E wing and, and wave four, yeah. Wave Zed, four. yeah. Wave four was the E wing, the Z ninety five, the Defender, and the Phantom. So, yeah, so they had these uh, assault on Mdor Alpha special events, right, where you can yep. win um, one of these, if you get in the top four, you, you pick one of these things and you have to fly it in your next games. So I picked echo (laughs) and, um, (laughs) that, that was, uh, that was quite, I fell in love with echo based on it, but holy crap, man, uh, two bank, uh, getting used to what you, what that can do for you was crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I rocked myself twice in one game and flew off the map once in one, <laughs> one of the games. And, uh, you know, I, I 
later became a very, very expert Echo player, but that game was not an example of it. I'll tell you. Yeah. But Drew, I, thing, you're, you're it's different. Yeah. Drew, you're still out, huh? I'm I'm still out. Yeah, no, I I, I apologize. I am, uh, and I, oh, you know, dude, I, it's a pandemic. What the fuck? Well, well. So here's the thing, right? I just bought like a million dollars worth of Seraphon that I'm painting yep. up, and then my friend literally gave me over fifty miniatures for the Lord of the Rings miniatures game. Ooh, for, what uh, they give you? Um, I got uh, a White King. Actually, I just finished painting him. I'll send you a photo. I got a White King mounted and, and dismounted. I've got him, another model of him with the crown and the mace, although I know that that is apparently not as good. I got 45 um, regular orcs, although I'm looking to, to possibly upgrade them to, to the Moranin orcs from, from Mordor because they're better, I guess, in the game. I got a banner. I got two orc captains. I got a shaman. Um, and then I the biggest thing that I wanted to start was a, a Herodrim, the, the guys on the elephants. Herodrim. Um, Yes. And uh, my friend, actually, uh, who I, I'll tell you about, Vince, after our podcast, he, he won a couple of grand championships and gave me 20 uh, warriors from that faction. So I'm going to start yeah, painting yeah. those up. You know, the elephant still only counts as one. Still I know it's it only counts as one and half your list if you run the best one, which is also hilarious. So did you guys see? I don't know. There's a meme floating around. Yeah, I saw that. Of, that was uh, of I have uh, Luke blowing up the Death Star, and then it cuts to Gimli's face. Yeah, Gimli in the next wing. I thought Gimli uh, in the X wing was funnier than this. Still, only counts as one, to be honest. Well, I just love the expression on his face. It's fucking hysterical. You know, I'm sad that they haven't done it in the Star Wars comics yet, where someone walks up to Wedge's like X wing, and they're like, "What are those?" And they kind of look at him and like, what? It's like, yeah, it's not a big target. Like, you hit your target twice. Wow, that's impressive. And the, and Wedge just like, uh, and and Tycho or whoever's like, don't 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 even bother. Don't don't even bother. <laughs> oh man, I, I wouldn't even give Wedge would get like a mission completed for the first one. He wouldn't get a kill mark. Right. Yeah. No. That's. You, I mean, you, you wouldn't. Even, it was like the B-17s who had to fly home early. You get a mission complete. You don't get a bomb marker. Exactly. But yeah, no, so that's, um, that's what I've been, that's what I've been doing is I basically just been painting and I, I was actually kind of funny. I was talking to my wife this, this more uh, this afternoon, sorry, tonight for dinner. My God, what, t- what day is it? Time, what, Drew, Jesus. What, what year is it? Um, what year is it? Yeah. And, uh, and uh, was like, you know, this was great. The, the pandemic, I made everyone, and I don't know I mentioned this already. I made everyone like me. They, uh, they, they get to play as much X-Wing as I get to play. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I, w- I yeah. love this game. I wish I could play it more. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you're willing to play online, there is a lot of it going on. There's a lot of X-Wing. There's, so, like, just get on the, the, the TTS Unified. There's probably 100 games a day of people just going, looking for a game, Hyperspace or Extended. Looking for a game, Hyperspace or Extended. Yeah, no, just... I'm, I'm, I'm nervous to do that only because we, my wife and I, we only get a, a few hours a night to like actually do stuff together. And um, I'm nervous to like go down that rabbit hole, and then like, oh, I got a, I got a game scheduled, right? Like, I'm gonna play, and it's like, oh, maybe, maybe not, right? Like, yeah. Well, she if could be your caddy. You guys, if either of you guys want to teach me TTS, I still have it, and then I've got the, I've got the unified module. I just haven't, I haven't played yet. I haven't just, set it up stay or on, walked all the way through the. Just stay on Basil, man. Stay on Basil. I mean, you know, it's ten bucks. It was, you know. Um, and plus, like the uh, Gold Squadron podcast is running that um, a full TTS tournament, which has a weird number of players, and I think it's already full. 148 players. What's up with 148 players? I don't know. It doesn't break down into 16, as far as I know. No, I mean it doesn't. It's not a power of two, so it's like, huh? That's weird. Um, no, it's just probably the number of people who signed up. No, it was the cap of the event, and it sold out. Oh. So it's actually a buy-in event and uh, with real prizes and stuff. So I guess they're planning for drops. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I mean, I want to do it just because I want the next time something like this happens, I want to have the option to, to play in it. You know, this time I, mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't even have the option. Um, but I do like Vassal. It's just... Uh, I'm willing to try TTS as well. 
my TTS hates me, and I'll leave it there. Um, I have that one of the cool things that I've mentioned before, and we all kind of had mentioned before about Jank Tank is the 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 best benefit any of us are really going to draw from it is our ability to open our minds and hopefully consider things things that ships and pilots we haven't really considered before. And down one of these rabbit holes, uh, down which I regularly descend, as anyone who knows me will admit, I came across an interesting question. We all, so regen and uh, extra extra shields, extra health, etc., etc., are based off of agility. Except for R5. Except for R5. Yep. Um, and it's an interesting, I had this interesting thought. Not all three agility ships are actually created equal. So let me put let me put this out there. Why does say an E-wing or a Tie Fighter pay the same for a shield or a shield or a hull as an Ether Sprite? Because it's too complex to do things like price for double repositioning as well. I assume that's no, no, no. where you're going because it's definitely well, true that I, when I guess you're a double I, repositioner, you're getting even more value out of extra hull and shield. I was honestly just talking more about passive mods, not um, even double reposition. Okay. Yeah, both. Like, really? That's a good point. Both. Right. You know, obviously a shield is more valuable if you always have a way to modify your dice. Yeah. And... It just yeah, seems to me that they would have been better served pricing things like that on force than on agility. Um, well, the thing... I mean, you could make an argument that... Okay, first of all, let me concede that you are correct. All right? So if you've got three agility, you've got four and or force and or double repositioning, then yeah. you are getting more value from your extra hit points than a ship with just three agility. Mm -hmm. You you just are. Yeah, of um, course. The thing about it is that they, and I'm not saying that this is the right place to draw the line, but they do have to draw the line at some point with uh, abilities that are scaled in cost. Um, you, it, it's going to get crazy wacky if you have to figure out if, if you have to figure out agility plus force plus double repositioning, what are those things worth? Um, and you know, maybe it's as simple as they, they have another, if you, if you've got force points. You add you you're considered to have an extra agility. If you've got double repositioning, you're considered to have an extra agility. And agil scaling by agility goes to five. Maybe it's that well, simple. I I, I want to revisit a topic that a lot of us have that a lot of people have said is just not possible for X Wing, and I want to ask why. Why is ship by ship points costing not feasible? Not feasible for whom? Why? Like, why is FFG not prepared to to organize to specifically cost upgrades to the ship you can put them on? If there are obvious differences in the chassis, because, uh, because a tie I fighter mean, does not get as much a tie does not get as much out of a mod slot as an E wing who doesn't get as much out of it as an Ether Sprite. Who doesn't get as much out of it uh, down and down the line? You know what I mean, mm -hmm. right? So why is that not a thing that's happening already? Because granular upgrades is not at all new in tabletop at all, in any sense of the word. Hmm. The easiest example, the ex easiest example I could use is a is a power weapon in forty k. Everybody gets power weapons, but not everybody pays the same for them because not everybody is the same strength. Not everybody has the same uh, basic stat line. But okay, where, do you, okay. where do you draw the line, though? I mean, you don't. Where? You literally, every single ship, 
you points cost the upgrades available to them to that ship. Okay, and if but there's, let if me, there's no let me give you an example. difference. Let okay. me give you an example. TIE-SF and um, TIE-SF and a uh, RZ-1 A-Wing. All right? Okay. Concussion missiles. Do they? Do either of them have a native difference to their offensive ability? Yes. What's that? TIE-SF can fire out the rear arc. Okay. Two more points. So, yeah, I, I mean, you're talking... Basically, the reason that they don't do that, I think, is that you are talking about scalable costs on literally every upgrade in the game. No, I every, don't think so. I think there are plenty of upgrades that... I, I'm not talking pilot-specific. No, I, no, I'm, I get I'm, it. Name an upgrade that that isn't better on one ship than another ship. Uh, delayed fuses is no better on an X-wing than it is on a Falcon. Uh, okay, but on two ships that can take bombs, delayed fuses is going to be better. Not necessarily. Why is it? Uh, why is delayed fuses better on a um, on a Y-wing than on a tie? Uh, not a, not a tie bomber. Um, just anyone else who only has a basic bomb drop ability. Uh, because a Y-Wing could take a gunner and, and get um, the the better gunner, the better bomber. What, the skilled bombardier? Yeah. But you pay for skilled bombardier already. Right. But that doesn't necessarily so it's mean... Not, it. but it's, so it's not actually a chassis ability, it's a purchased upgrade. It, well, but gunner's a chassis ability. No, it's not. A gunner do, uh, having a gunner slot does not provide you any innate bonus. You have to fill that slot. You have to pay for the additional bonus. That's true, but gunner slot still it's has value. No, it, it doesn't. Nothing. It, 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 it does. You're believe I, me. We we play tested, man. We we priced things by by the slots that they have. I don't think having a gunner slot. Well. It, but regardless, even if you disagree, you can see how how bogged down you can get in the minutiae of every upgrade can at least arguably need to be scaled for, for different chassis. I just think it's... I don't necessarily think it's impossible, especially not with, um, with um, electronic costing. I, I just think that it is considered to be very very unwieldy and i think that the the play testing um required for it would be astronomical at least if they you wanted to get it right i i i'm not sure about that there have been there was uh, again i'm only defaulting to two games where a lot of upgrades are shared across many different factions and the ones that are the, the ones where the differences are so minute in a direct sense or if at all they cost the same, but if they're uh, if they're different based on if there's a separate ability built into the unit, then they're costed different. Okay. Or if the unit costs more, right. then they're uh, costed different. All right. So I I guess I'm not really making my point very well. Let's talk about. No, no, no. Let's let's talk about the one that you brought up. The cost for a shield or hull upgrade. Let's just go shield upgrade. Let's just okay. go shield upgrade. Shield upgrade on an ether sprite. Right. The thing is, it's worth more on Anakin. Like I don't disagree. No one like, would disagree with that. So why are you stopping like it's worth more on Anakin than the difference between the ether sprite and uh, you know a uh, the tie interceptor or whatever. I disagree with that entirely. I think that the uh, no, uh, a TIE Interceptor who gets blocked has no way to mod its dice. No Ether Sprite is ever without passive mods. That's, yeah, that's the, that, that's the big takeaway with the, with not, the Ether Sprite no, versus no the ether, other thing. That's, that's not true. There's a big difference between one force and three force. There's a no, you're right, Jeff. Difference. And listen, one of the uh, didn't, but didn't I also say a couple minutes ago that I thought 
that that sh- that that the ether sprite should pay more for its force, and that that cost should like the ether sprite should just cost more. A shield upgrade should not be agility based. That's what I'm arguing. I mean, mm. I, I, I'm saying I get you your argument, more. and I and I. I can't say that in a perfect world I disagree, but in a perfect world, you'd plug in, you'd build your ship into a black box, and the black box will give you how much it costs, right? Well, the, which is why I'm trying to keep, I'm I'm still trying to keep it to a certain level of reasonableness, because. I mean, at that point, you're, when you say that, Jeff, you're the reason you you can make the argument that value is always subjective because it depends on what you know what other ships are alive around you yeah you, I, you follow I, kind of what i'm I saying ffg has determined that the the place where they've done it is the the place where it where it works in reason where it, going further than they've gone I, I i just think that they probably think that it is unworkable I, I, right, and I'm asking, are they right? And I, I like, I, I think clearly. Well, I don't want to say clearly, but I think we majority agree that probably it's not. That you know, yes, it would take a lot of time. And is this probably something that you know they should look into for another update of the game in the future? But like I said, granular costing is very old. It's not, and it's not particularly unwieldy when you start from that position. You can't work it into the game halfway through. I'm going to use the word addition. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But if you right. started from that position, and then you where every upgrade had a certain cost, you play tested it. You knew that where this what this was worth on every unit, what you thought it was worth on every unit, put it out there. You would then only have to adjust the ship cost. You follow me? I mean, I, I follow you. I I do. I I think I fall more on FFG's side than than your argument. I think that you're getting to the point where I mean, right now, what maybe ten percent of upgrades are scaled in some fashion. Um. I think that if what you're talking about, I think that it would be somewhere in the vicinity of 90, 95% of upgrades would be scaled, would have to be scaled in some fashion. And I just, I don't, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, I don't think homing missile would ever need to change. It's not worth anything more on anyone else. Its ability doesn't change. But it is worth more on a TIE SF than it is on an RZ1A wing. I, I'm not. So, yes, the, the, the but TIE SF no. has a full, a full additional arc that can use it, but it doesn't change the dice or the complete lack of dice change... because you're you're basically just talking about giving somebody one point of damage. Not necessarily. If it's not a uh, number one, it's also range dependent, and number two. There's nothing saying that there, you you. It's really hard to bid for things based on arc, because there's no because how do you how do you price someone not being there? Like should like if I, should I get a discount on uh, proton torpedoes because there are some ships in the game that just never need to face me? Should. No, Should but if you, could fire, if you could fire proton torpedoes in a 180 degree arc, then by your, by the way that you're saying that upgrades should be costed, proton torpedoes should definitely cost more for you. I don't think they should because I don't think, because that arc doesn't change the dice. It's not an internal, it, it is an internal ability, but it doesn't actually change the odds of doing damage. Of course it does, because it changes no, it the odds of whether you get to shoot the proton torpedoes. No, it doesn't. It There's nothing... No, Jeff, that's a, an entirely subjective thing. Wait, what? 
You're saying that that you're then. What do you think the value is of having a hundred and eighty degree arc? I think it's an option. I don't think it's a buff. I haven't said anything because I don't because I completely agree with Jeff. I'm like I don't understand Vince. Teach me, <laughs> guys. It doesn't change the dice. Whether or not you can shoot at somebody, if you have no mods, have you really changed the value of something? If you get a shot that you would not have had before, yes, you've changed the value of that. But they had a shot anyway. They had it. If you have an SF, you already have that rear arc shot. Not with a only missile. But it doesn't matter. You still, you are the. You did it, Jeff. You broke Vince. But you paid for the homing missile, Jeff. That's the difference. Yeah. It's not free. No, I, uh, I know it's not free, but it has more value in a ship that has twice the opportunities to shoot it. That's not necessarily true, though. It isn't necessarily true, but it's probably true. The 180-degree arc, the reason that it is worth something is that it provides more opportunity to fire. If it provides more opportunity to fire, the things that it can fire are worth more. There's no guarantee that it is actually worth more. All right. We're going to have to, I'm telling you, I'm going to call for the listeners to weigh in on this one and you're just going to get smoked. Yes, because I'm not used to that at all. Um, But no, well, not no, I'm not giving that one up. I don't, I think properly flown. Well, I won't even say that. I think that the, the rear arc on an, say on an SF. Well, I know I'm wrong because the RZA2 is so much better than the RZA1 and I just didn't want to admit it till now. <laughs> I mean, it's true though, but there I mean, the SF is. I, I do feel like the SF is also not worth talking about because it is so cheap for what it does and what it can bring to the table. I think it's probably one of the most, if not the most effective. What is it? Thirty-two points. Yeah, that you can but, take. But the the cost of the base chassis cost of the SF. The the only reason I'm using the SF is for the abstract idea of something that adds value to a missile right um right if if there were if the s if there were a ship that um if there were a ship that allowed you to roll one extra die with a missile with a secondary with what used to be called a secondary weapon with a with you know if there's a ship if it's a chassis ability that changes the dice Adding a die is way more valuable than any arc buff. No, it, it it is, but the point is that it it adds value to the missile. the The idea that you can carry the missile, you get more value. The missile should. Then that cost would be. More. Then you're then all of a sudden, then now you're making my argument that it should cost more. For then the granular is the right move. No, because I concede that having every upgrade being perfectly tailored to the ship that's carrying it would be the the platonic ideal of X-Wing. What I'm not conceding is that it's workable because I think you're vastly underestimating, given that model that that you're proposing, I think you're vastly underestimating the number of upgrades that would have to be scaled in cost. I think you're way underestimating it. You don't think that if you don't think that the ability to fire a, a, a oh no, Jeff, I, I gave that one up. I you you broke me on the RZA two. Okay, it's like you you broke me on the SF. As so, soon as I thought about it, I, I gave up. You, you I, broke I, me. I think that you would find that if you look at almost all the upgrades, you're going to find chassis where the upgrade is has more valuable value than on other chassis. And at that point you have to concede, you have to price it differently. And I think that's, you're going to find that's true for every single upgrade, like 90, 95% of them. But then, then you set, uh, then you set a, that's what I was just saying, Jeff. And when you find that you don't have to price the upgrade differently, you price the ship different. But then 
you're assuming that that ship is carrying that upgrade. In just the in way, which just case, why even make it an upgrade? Just make it intrinsic to the ship. Jeff, I'm assuming that you're going to take the best upgrade on the best on every ship, the same way that you're assuming that you're always going to get value out of the out of a ship ability. See, I I am in for a game where there is no best upgrade on uh, on a ship. I, I I'm in for a game where be. what? There will always be a best upgrade for every ship. I, I that's mean, not that's not workable. That that world does not exist. I I, I mean I I don't concede that. Jeff, it's it's a it's not a it's not a uh, an abstract concept. It's or I guess it is kind of. There will always be certain things that, based on the rule, the base mechanics of the game, are better than other things. There's nothing you can do about that. The best you can do is go to the lowest workable level of pricing and adjust them for that. Yes, but what you're talking about is you're talking about costing a chassis with the assumption that the player is always going to use upgrade X on that chassis, at which point you have taken away a player's ability to competitively use upgrade Y or upgrade Z on the chassis. You've taken it away. You haven't you're not leaving them with a choice to even experiment. If they take upgrade Y or upgrade Z instead of upgrade X, when the chassis is priced for upgrade X, you've taken away huge swaths of the game. No, I and haven't. Not, You're free to play with some choices. With Every player is, is, free to, is free to bring suboptimal choices. We all do it. It does bring in uh, it does bring up a very interesting question though with you know whether or not right because because what there's the thing though Jeff right you're not being forced to take these upgrades but I guess in this vacuum right you kind of are um, no, you're not. the you're never, the one ship you're never forced to take the optimal upgrade you are being right. priced as if you you're not even paying for that upgrade unless you actually bring it. That's the difference between paying for something on a ship and paying for something as an upgrade. It's the difference between skilled bombardier and the gunner slot is what I'm saying. You can't price somebody – you can't price a ship as if it brought skilled bombardier unless you also accept that you're going to price something for bringing a, a shield upgrade because it got better on its own chassis. You have to accept both. Right, right. If chassis X is priced as if it is going to bring be bringing upgrade X, then in a competitive environment, people won't bring anything on chassis X but upgrade X. That's I not mean, necessarily but, true. Well, hold on, but but no, but but Jeff has a point though because we we've seen that in X Wing before. Please tell me. Um, the I think the defender, the defender is the perfect example where in or especially in 1.0, all you ever saw it was with the um, what is it the 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 minus two cost, and then it was I think was it juke? It was either juke or crack shot. Yeah. I think it was crack shot. Um, but those were the only two. Those, those were the only two. Defenders. Yep, juke defenders. That was the only thing that you saw uh, competition wise. And that was also my question for the jank tank was, are there any listeners or, or people out there who are playing in the jank tank and they're like, yeah, this will never see the light of day in competition, right? Like they got, they come out of a game and they're like, man, you know, that, uh, you know, that, that Lando's Falcon, scum Falcon, like I'm never flying that in an extended tournament, right? Like I, you know, we have so much to choose from in, in this game. And I'm, and I'm scared that we're at the point now where, I mean, as far as competition goes, you're just not going to see stuff. Um, I'm out there. You won't see everything. Right. I mean, that's, that's the downside of a meta, right? The nature of the beast. It is like, unfortunately, that's what I was saying earlier. There will always be things that due to the mechanics of the game are better. Yeah. But the, the thing is what you're, what you're suggesting is, 
not letting people sort that out for themselves. You're suggesting that the game be designed pre-made so that upgrade X belongs on chassis X. And no, I'm suggesting I'm suggesting that people pay a premium to pay to bring the most competitive unit. It's the opposite. I'm trying to de-influence them to bring that by making them pay a premium for it. If I know that this upgrade makes this ship exceptional, I want you to pay a premium for it. But you should pay, I agree you should pay a premium for it for the upgrade. But that that's not if you're if if one ship is paying the same as another, just but only one of them is benefiting the same from it, then that's an unfair pricing of the upgrade. See, you, one ship is getting fucked. You're sliding the you're sliding the goalpost again. I, I agree with you there. In an ideal in an ideal game, you build a ship and a perfect computer would say this ship is worth 43% of your list. Right? Right. But, or, or the upgrade, it, it's worth, you're, the upgrade that you're taking is worth this much, whereas if you take it on another ship, it's worth this much. Right. And, and I'm, the one, I'm not saying that I disagree with you that that would, in a perfect world, be a better way to do it. I, I think it would. I'm saying that I don't believe it's workable because too many upgrades would change. Too many upgrades would be sliding scale cost. Now, then you go, well, we're not going to change. We're not going to sliding scale the upgrade. We're going to price the chassis as if you're carrying the best upgrade for that chassis all the time, in which point you've removed player agency from their list building. No, no, no. He's not. He's not. not he's I, he's going off on it. I know that's not. He knows that's not what you said, though. He, Jeff is just talking about like it, we're expanding upon this rule, and I'm, I wanted to bring something up, Jeff, as soon as you're finished to finish go up. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 Drew, go. No, Take it. I no. The big thing was I I really want like I, I I wanted them. I was hoping that they would do something like that for 2.0, where every upgrade on uh, would be variable depending on what ship you took it on, and with the amount of upgrades that we have in this game, I mean. FFG can barely hold together what they already have, exactly. whether it be for rules and, and point values of certain things. And I, I just feel like it's an impossible task. I, exactly. I'm sure someone could do it. I'm sure maybe a few years from now, if 1.0 ever, you know, some guy is like, oh, all, all I have is 1.0 and I've done this and, and modified this. Or, you know, someone says, well, let's make a better version of X-Wing. Like, I'm sure someone along the line could do it. But as of right now, I think that it is, you know, sir, from where I'm standing, that's a physical impossibility with this game. Yeah. Um, and it makes me sad, but at the same time, you know, hey, if we can get pretty close to it, the game is still really fun. Um, and, and, and you can try different things. I'm not commenting on the game not being fun. I just love arguing. You've got to admit that, uh, you know, uh, scaling for stuff is better than not sc scaling for stuff the way they're doing now. So much better than, I, than not scaling. I'm not, argue, I'm not arguing against that. I'm saying it could be even better. No, see, I, I, and and I agree with you, except in practical terms. I don't think it's practical the way that Drew said. I don't, and it's it can only get worse as the game ages. The number of yep. upgrades, the yep. number of chassis increases. Your the it, number of changes. Not, it's not an exponential increase in the amount of work. To figure this stuff out, but it's a geometric increase in the amount of work to figure stuff out, and they they can barely manage now, man. I I'm not sure. I I I, I don't want to restart the same argument, but dude, we yeah, that's and nobody we and nothing anyone says for the word, but we missed torpedoes on spammed jump masters in 1.0. We missed it. Um, what the playtesters missed it? Yeah, you're talking know. to one. Of, you're talking to one of them, Vince. I know. Uh, that's why I asked who we. What, he said we. I didn't know who we was. We is is me. <laughs> yeah, we, we missed it. One of the worst, most abusive lists and combinations in the game ever, and we had. I, I mean. 
I don't really know exactly how many, but if we had fewer than a hundred playtesters, I'd be shocked. Um, and we missed it. I, I damn. Um, I don't want to say that says more to me about the quality of the playtesters, but <laughs> wow, wow. I mean, but no. Back then, it was well. I, you know, I've I've heard that. Uh, you know, for 2.0, they really cut back. They're trying to they're they're trying to lower the the curve, the amount of people that are that are playtesting across all the games, um, which I think is a good thing. But yeah, no, I I mean, Jeff, it is kind of daunting when you think about it, right? Like just how many people were a part of that. Yeah. So and... all right, let's let's float this back up. Let, let's go to another natural extension of this question. If you are going to say that ninety percent of upgrades would be charged, would be changed, would be variably priced, Jeff. Right. What up, What is the bar you are setting for what would be granular and what wouldn't be? What is the oh. rule you are operating under? I mean, it would it would depend on the upgrade, though. That's the issue, right? Like every every that's, upgrade would be I'm, different. That's what I'm. That's what I'm asking, Drew. Like, so mm, what is okay. like is okay? Is Nian Num worth more on one rebel ship than on another? Oh, obviously, ship. No, ship, not pilot. I mean, if you're specifically excluding Lando, then he's worth more on ships that don't have uh, that don't have one and two blue banks. So he's worth less. What rebel, on... what rebel hmm? ship? Had, what rebel ship with uh, with a crew slot are we discussing here? Uh, Ark. Um, arcs have one or two banks. Do they have crew? No, they have gunner, right? Um, no, they have a gunner yes. slot. U-wings have one and two banks. Blue. Yep. So Nian-Nan is not worth as much as on a ship that only has one banks or only has two banks. Which? Falcon. I, I'm asking you, Falcon has one and two bank blues. No, it doesn't. Oh. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. It has one or two bank blues. Uh, I'm checking this. Um, what's the Rebel one called? Why, uh, modified. No, customized, yeah, customized. Is it customized? Okay. Uh -huh. I think it's modified. No, 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 modified. Oh, it's modified. modified. Modified, yeah. That's another thing they need to work on. Um... Oh, that's meta. Nope, wrong, wrong bar. You could just trust me. I could, but where would the fun be in that? Uh, the modified does so it's not ones. My bad. Lothal the, okay. the VX one hundred VCX one hundred has two banks, not ones. Um, it's amazing how many chassis that you guys are talking about. Where it's like Nian Nub seems really strong, but he's only modifying like two maneuvers yeah. on each well, of these dials, right? Yeah, which is interesting. So uh, on on the Falcon, he's modifying four maneuvers. And uh, he's and he's making he's expanding Lando's uh, ability, right? So right, but even I'm not crazy enough to say the thing that skills should that abilities should be granular based on pilot. I mean, you're 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 risking a lot. I mean, think about think about whisper. Think think about echo. Think the. Really, really strong pilot abilities. I mean, there's a reason that a lot of chassis chassis only get one or two pilots at most that see play. Um, but yeah, so regardless, you mentioned, and he's going to see more play on Falcons than he is on the U-wing. He's worth more on a Falcon than he is on a U-wing. trying to think if there's any situation with the Falcon where I would rather have Nia Num than yeah I would never take Nia Num on a U-Wing but that's because they only have one crew slot and I need it so there you go right, that's another right. thing if you've got extraneous crew slots these the well, we already the... know how much trouble the extra crew slots can get you into yeah I, I mean it's, it's really it's 
in an ideal world, man, with with AIs that can calculate all this stuff, I, I'm with you. It's just that in a in a pragmatic world, it's just not doable. No. I actually had a couple more questions that I wanted to throw up, but you know, as long as uh, I, I guess the first one I asked consumed the entire episode, which I suppose isn't necessarily a bad thing, well, other than making me look stupid. But no, uh, let's circle back because I don't think it is a bad question. Like we had, you talked about uh, agility and shield upgrade. You've got an excellent point. Passive modifiers specifically the ones that are built into a chassis like force and the ability to double reposition make those things more valuable exactly the same way that extra agility does exactly the same way so i don't think that it's unworkable to have agility zero one two three parentheses four parentheses five i don't think that is unworkable Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a stupid question. I think it's a good question. Yeah, I you know I'm just I'm looking at this from I'm I am trying out a whole bunch of stuff right now. Like my jank tank list involves three ships I literally have never flown before, or two ships I've never flown before. Um, Hort. Well, I've tried Bodie once. I think I tried Bodie once. Yeah, I remember when you tried it, Bodie. He's the target go with- guy, right? Yeah, he's the he's the rebel Jendon is yeah. I guess the easiest way to call him, um, and I I've never run Horton Som in my life. Uh, no, you just you you hit on Cassian very very early. You hit on Cassian much earlier than the meta did. Yeah, I mean I because I was working through all of them just because the Ewing is gorgeous. But I remember starting with Benthic and they nerfed him off the face of the earth because Benthic really needed to be fifty two points, guys. Just just remember. Benthic needed to be 52 points. I, I don't even understand that. And saw, of course, an I-4 U-Wing with a blanket reroll with a uh, a, go- a shittier version of Howl's Rerunner needed to be 50 points. Mm-hmm. I just... Okay, so so are you guys interested in hearing what my next Jank Tank opponent is flying? Absolutely. Yeah, lay it on us. Are you ready? All right, so... Just to remind you, I have Striden at four, Avenger at three, um, a Zeta Squadron at two, and Revis at one. Okay? This guy has Hollow with Composure at five. Yikes. Ember with Concussion Missiles at four. Also yikes. Backdraft with Agile Gunner at four. That's not bad. It's excellent. Um, and Omega Squadron, Omega Squadron with Ion Missiles at three. So five, four, four, three, 200 points. He has one, he has possible, he has two useless points, possibly three, depending on composure. I can't composure actually work on the Ty BA. No, it can't. It can't. Yeah, I think There's, they that when it first. Yeah, when it first came out, they they modified that because then you yeah. could run four or five of them with it, right? And that was not. No, no, no. Oh. The reason it doesn't because the reason composure doesn't work is as soon as you take an action, you can't perform additional action. You can't perform another action. Yeah, that's yes. it. So it doesn't. So he's got three. He's got three useless points. I don't know. I would argue that Agile Gunner is useless on backdraft because there's no reason to ever have his arc forward. Oh, uh, sure there is. You're going to have his arc forward on the engagement. Why? Oh, no, because he doesn't have special forces, Gunner. Yeah, if you don't, if yep. you have Agile, you don't right. have SF. No, you're right. That's a good point. That's a good point. I feel a little bit better. So he has 11 useless points. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure the concussion missile. Yeah, I don't think a missile on Ember is really what you want. I mean, you know, you can, yeah. Um, ordinance is quite ordinance is always weird, especially but it's not useless. You know what I mean? It's 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 not useless, but it's not what. What is uh, does Ember's rule limit to, to primary attacks? I don't think so. No, it doesn't. 
Yeah, so concussion actually, there's actually some synergy there. If there's a damage friendly at zero to one of the defender, defender cannot spend cal. Uh, I mean, the problem is that he shoots too early. At four against my highest, which is a four? No, no, no. I mean, Ember shoots too high considering. Because if you kill Hollow, there's only one guy shooting before him. To to so damage it's, ships, it's, you mean? To damage ships, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, concussion missiles are going to be late game for sure. I mean, against your list, frankly, concussion missiles aren't going to do a whole lot. I don't know, man. The the the, the shuttle doesn't care. Oh, I mean, you flipped one of my damage cards. Oh no. You flipped my one damage card that's a hull breach, that's a fuel leak, that's a stress pilot, that's a but oh that's a panic at pilot same, that's at the same time at the same time, Jeff, I do feel like if any of your two or three ships are looking at any one of those, you can you can get rid of it pretty quick. If I get the, if I have some, yeah. some good fortune. Yeah, I'm, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not really sold on the on the on the BA yet. I want it to be. I'm good. not. And I never will be because it's yeah, not a good I, ship. I just. I can't. I haven't tried to fly it myself. I'm. I think you're. Well, I think the Willies. The 1.0 Willies got you good. He's got me. He's his BAs have me. They've got me aced. So that's the IBAs are not I, aces. Um, but they have me aced. They can double reposition. It's not ideal that they double reposition, but they can. Um, the problem is, is you have the ultimate anti-ace, hilariously. Um, and this is something that people really don't realize. Avenger is hilariously good against aces. Hilariously good. Because they kill something and he can take an action? Yep. And he can proc off that. He can proc his thrusters off that action. No, yeah. I mean, I get it. He can proc his thrusters off the action if he hasn't used them already. Yes. Well, right. But you have a coordinate, Caddy. You have a shuttle for coordinate. Yeah. So Believe me, if I you know. want to just. Yeah. Believe me. I, I just I mean know. that Avenger I've been, is. I've been using every trick in my arsenal every in the games that I've played. Believe me. Avenger is hysterically underrated. I like. I, people who I, are do flying Avenger, I do agree that Avenger is underrated. Um, people who are flying to IBAs when they can fly Avenger, I don't understand you. I, roast me in the comment section, everybody. You know where you can find me. If you are flying a Thai BA whose name is not Von Rake and you are not flying Avenger, I mean, explain to me why. Not for nothing, but his Thai BAs are, what, 15 points cheaper? Hollow is his yep. hollow is fifteen points cheaper than my Avenger. His Ember is twelve points cheaper. Is that right? Um, his his Ember is fifteen points cheaper. His hollow is eighteen points cheaper than my Avenger. Well, sure, but your Avenger, regular Avenger, is only four points more than Ember. Yeah. Um, anyway, I. I feel I do feel better. The Agile Gunner had me. I was like, I'm. He's always going to have back. Agile Gunner is worthless. Yeah, it is worthless. So he's like, got like wow. eleven worthless points. So I'm only. This is worthless. I only so, have a two point uh, handicap, so I feel a little bit better about it. The like the the goggle Agile Gunner is the X Wing version of the goggles. They do nothing. <laughs> It is. I have never seen a ship where I look at Agile Gunner and go, you know what? This needs it. Uh, it yeah, no. I, at first, I at, when when next when two point first came out, I was like, yes, this is perfect, right? I put it on every freaking sh every ship ship with a gunner slot, and then I was like, oh, actually, you don't. No, I you don't need this. There's either no choices. Or there's better choices, right? Like there's it's always just, something better. I, I think Agile Gunner is like three points over costed. I think I think there are places for it. The idea of because there, you can't tell me you haven't been in games where you wish you didn't have to spend an action to rotate your turret. That's uh, also I have, true. but there's no guarantee that the guy was going to be in the position where I would have moved it. Well, no, but you you often have a pretty good idea. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it's and, mean, it's <laughs> and it and it's not an action. That's the thing that people don't that people overlook a little bit. 
No, it's, it's just to rotate. It's just to rotate. Um, Here's Jeff. I want to just to restart this fight. Should Agile Gunner be more expensive on a bow tie than on a quarter turret? That's a fine question. Um, wow. <laughs> you know. It's a fine you see what question. I'm like, exactly. Like uh, this, the you are right in that the rabbit hole never ends. You know, it, it's just hilarious that like a useless upgrade could all. I could have started with Agile Gunner, and we probably could have gone for that for the entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh. Well, By the way, managed, Agile Gunner. We managed to get an hour of content out of nothing. That, that yeah, is, but everybody's going to disagree with me, so it, it, I'm not sure it counts. It, it it definitely counts, man. People love disagreeing with you. And that I I have that skill. It's um, very easy to do. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no, that's not an insult. It would only be an insult if he said something like it's very easily to, it's very easy to do correctly. Yeah, that, I mean I, that's the insult. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna leave it on Jeff and Drew insulting me. Uh, not me, man. Everybody, everybody. You. Please weigh in on the uh, – go to our page on the uh, Fantasy Flight Games community page. We will put up the thread, what is your opinion? Should upgrades be granular or should they be uh, should they be stat line based? And please do weigh in. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night. Jeff and Drew, go ahead sign out. Yeah, have a good week. Take care, everybody. Winning is not a sometime thing. It's an all-the-time thing. You don't win once in a while, and you don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. Winning is a habit.